Okay, uh, let's go to Psalm 91. We'll start here. And what we want to look at today is angels, they're commanded to protect you. They really are. They really are. I mean, we, we talk about, and then we've lost this sort of today. When you hear people talk about angels, you'll also hear this word guardian angel. Well, that was in a time when people used to read their Bibles. And the ministers used to read their Bibles and preach from the Bible. But today it's more popular to look at CNN or look at all these other things and find out what's the latest, greatest thing and the latest, greatest experience. But, you know, I don't do that because that doesn't help me. I can't live your experiences. You can't live mine. They're all going to be different. But I tell you what, the Bible will never change. So let's go to Psalm 91 and uh, <clears throat> let's look down here at uh, verse 10. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> He says, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Plague meaning uh, disease. Evil meaning, you know, just bad things. I mean, you know, it's okay to recognize that to your own eyes, hey, this is not good for me. And uh, and then that should point you to your own prayer. Like, praise God, I, I, I want out of this. But anyway, notice verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. So now whose responsibility is it? To give the angels charge, charge meaning command. Well, it's God. And it said, will he do it? Yes, he will. So it's the Lord's will, you could say. Uh, notice this, to keep thee in all thy ways. Then he says, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You'll tread upon the lion and the adder. I want to switch this to the living Bible. Because sometimes these words here, it's like, oh yes, it's just poetry, Richard. That's all it is. No, it's not poetry. It's absolutely not poetry. These angels didn't hear, oh, I'm commanded to protect Richard. Oh, God, that was so wonderful. That's poetry. You know, God, you're good at that. No, they had to get going and protect Richard. That was the command. Let's put this in the Living Bible here. And we're looking down here at verse 11. But I want to pick up, uh, I want to pick up verse 10, though. Oh, uh, here we go. Oh, uh, he says here that... Uh, how then can any evil overtake me or any plague come near me? You know, cancer's a plague. I mean, you, you can talk yourself out of what God will not do for you. That's, the, that's sort of common because the devil doesn't want you to believe God will bless you. So you'll automatically, even now, begin to think, well, it doesn't cover this. It doesn't. <laughs> Let's just read the scriptures. Watch this. Verse 11, for he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. Now, sometimes we think, well, that just means to and from church. That just means if I'm, if I'm just completely living the perfect life. No, it's you belong to Jesus and he'll protect you. He orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will steady you with their hands to keep you from stumbling against the rocks on the trail. You know, have y'all heard that verse that says God helps those that help themselves? Listen, that's not a verse. That's something people say. You need to pray. You need to get God in on your life to help you. I know we're trying to help some people, whatever. But anyway, uh, it's like my son was telling me the other day, you know, that uh, he heard on the radio they were talking about careful what you ask for. Uh, did Jesus ever say careful what you ask for? Saints, if you're in trouble, ask God to help you. He'll get you out of trouble. Don't worry about these things. Notice verse 13. You can safely meet a lion. You ever heard of Daniel in the lion's den? I don't know how in the dark we could be on this thing. We already have a story, Daniel in the lion's den, but we can say in our own heart, well, it was Daniel in the lion's den. It was not Richard. 
It was not. You could put your name. It was not me. It was Daniel. You've got to understand that if you were thrown in that lion's den, you would be all right too. It's amazing how many scriptures you'll find if you read your Bible talking about encountering, you know, wild animals and God will protect you. I mean, this is what he said. He said, the angel said you can safely meet a lion or step on poisonous snakes. Yes, even trample them beneath your feet. For the Lord says, because he loves me. Boy, I wish we could do that. Oh, this is the hardest part in the world. Do you love Jesus? No, it's easy. Well, that's all it said. Because he loves me. Look at this. I will rescue him. I will make him great because he trusts in my name. Wow. Well, it says there angels are commanded to protect us. Let's go back over to uh, the New Testament now. And we're going to go over to the book of John. Book of John meaning where John 3.16 is. But we're going to actually go to uh, John chapter 1. There's a reference here in John 1 about angels. And Jesus was mentioning something that was... uh, He he was actually uh, saying to... um, Oh, one of his disciples, this was commonplace. Look what he says. Oh, let's get out here to it. It's right here toward the end. To Nathaniel. Anyway, he had just sort of mentioned to Nathaniel when Nathaniel met Jesus that I saw you under the fig tree. I mean, it's like, well, obviously Nathaniel thought nobody could see me but God. And Jesus said, well, I saw you. And so Nathaniel said, well, you are the son of God. So watch what Jesus says here in verse 50. Jesus answered and said, Because I said to thee, I saw you under the fig tree, believest thou? You shall see greater things than these. Now catch this, you shall see greater things. than. Sometimes we think we only get one miracle. One miracle. And the rest of it is between now and the time you meet Jesus. You're not going to see the hand of God do anything. No, it's ridiculous. Look at verse 51. He said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of God. I mean, the Son, the Son of Man. Wow. Let's put this in the Living Bible just a moment. Oh, let's see. Here we go. Verse 51. And uh, let's see if we can get the full uh, meaning of what's, what he says here. Starting verse 50. Jesus asked him, Do you believe all this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater proofs than this for some reason we think Jesus doesn't want to prove he's real in our life anymore that is totally ridiculous now you can see why there's a strong temptation to not have any more miracles we're taught in our heads sometimes that God doesn't want to do this and sometimes we feel like well we've got to make sure we want to give God all the glory if we give God all the glory then he'll do it he's gonna get glory don't worry about it But he wants to help you and I in this dark world. So anyway, look what he says. You will see greater proofs than this. Verse 51. You will even see heaven open and the angels of God coming back and forth to me, the Messiah. Wow. He said, you're going to see this. Who did he tell that to? Nathaniel. Wow. Let's go to the book of Acts just a moment. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, Jesus, when he ascends into heaven... Oh, look at verse 9. It was not long afterwards that he rose up into the sky and disappeared into a cloud. This was Jesus when he ascended into heaven, leaving them staring after him. As they were straining their eyes, just kind of like looking at the space shuttle launching. Wow, I can't believe he's gone. He's gone. All of a sudden, whoa, 
there were what happening? Look at this. Suddenly, two white-robed men were standing there among them. Well, saints, they were there anyway, but they could see them this time. Two white-robed men standing there. You know, you and I have got angels around us. We already read in Psalm 91 that they're under command to protect us in all our ways. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring at the sky? Jesus has gone away to heaven, and someday, just as he went, he will return. Well, that's interesting. Let's go over to uh, another verse in the same book here. Let's go switch this to the King James just a moment. And uh, let's go to uh, the, uh, all the way down here to the, I like to call it the shipwreck here. Okay. Big storm on the water here. You've heard this mentioned several times here. But uh, <clears throat> look at, let's start here at verse 21. But after long abstinence, let me put this in the Living Bible here. In other words, after a long time. I mean, this is like hurricane. It, it didn't lighten up at all. The storm is still there. Verse 21, Acts 27, verse 21. No one had eaten for a long time. But finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not have left fair havens. You would have avoided all this injury and loss. Verse 22, look at this. But cheer up. I mean, the storm is still raging. Things are still horrible. Things can be bad in your life. And guess what? They can be your fault. A lot of people right then will say, Well, God won't help me because I created my own mess. Oh, yes, he will. He'll get you out. You ever heard of the prodigal? He took all the money his dad ever gave him, his entire inheritance, and he blew it. He lived like the devil. I mean, how am I, I mean, you blame the prodigal's son. I mean, he was to blame. His brother sure blamed him, didn't he? But you know what happened to the prodigal. It didn't kill him. He went back home. They had a great big feast. He got a ring for his fingers. You know the rest of the story. So watch it. So don't count yourself out of the ball game just because you did something wrong. Ask for God's help. He'll help you. Okay. So he says, but cheer up. None of us will lose our lives. Now, boy, that is just arrogance. You cannot speak for God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Angels are there to protect you. Paul knew this. He said, none of us are going to lose our lives. Of course, there's not but three of us on this boat. No, uh-uh. There was 276 people on this boat. And guess what the main cargo was? Prisoners. Prisoners. Well, they don't deserve to live anyway. Well, that's what some people were saying in the next chapter, but we won't get to that part. Cheer up. None of us will lose our lives. Meantime, while he's saying that, what'd you say, Paul? That was a 95-mile-an-hour wind gust. I didn't hear that. You said none of us are going to lose our lives? And they're still about to crash. And they did shipwreck, but they all made it. Now watch this. None of us will lose our lives, even though the ship will go down. Now that's even more of a miracle. We're going to lose our car? How are you going to survive that car crash? How are you going to make it in this disaster? Cheer up. Watch this. For last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. A lot of people say, well, the angel of God is it's Jesus. No, it's exactly what it is. It's an angel. Anyway, he said, don't be afraid. And you know, this is very important. You've got to deal with your fear. I know fears come, but if it doesn't take us long if we will read the book. It's just like somebody said, it's in the newspaper. Well, you will look through that newspaper and find that article. You've got to read it. 
Maybe it's an obituary. You're trying to, well, read it. Well, I heard somebody, read it, find out for yourself. It would not take you long in Psalm 1, Psalm 2, Psalm 3. Actually, Psalm 2, you'll find out you can go to sleep. Psalm 2, no, actually, Psalm 3. David said, I will lay me down and sleep. I woke for the Lord sustained me. Psalm 4, he says, I will both lay me down and sleep for you alone will keep me safe. You can be all right. I don't care what your troubles are. Psalm 3 and Psalm 4, that's just two psalms that have something to do with your worries when you go to bed at night. Anyway, he said, and don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Caesar, what's more, God's granted your request and will save the lives of all those sailing with you. Praise God. Now, did you catch that part right here? Has granted your request. What is it you're praying about today? Well, don't be praying you'll go under. No. God doesn't want you to go under. He wants you to be all right. Oh, let's go back to uh, this time to the book of Matthew here just a moment. Matthew chapter uh, 18. Oh. Notice verse 2. Jesus called a small child over to him and set the little fellow down among them. Okay, you've heard this story. He took a little child. Said, unless you turn to God from your sins and become as little children, you'll never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so he's talking about this little child. Now, he's still got this little child with him. But I want to skip down here a little further down here. Oh. Uh, let's see. Oops, I passed it. Oh. There we go, verse 10. Beware that you don't look upon a single one of these little children, uh, look down on upon, one of, upon a single one of these little children. For I tell you that in heaven, there, what does that say? Angels. My goodness. Their angels, says, have constant access to my Father. And I'm going to put this in the King James. Look what it says here. That's verse, uh, that's verse 10. See what it says in the King James. All right. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. So in other words, they're, they're looking at God all the time. Now why are they looking at God? Well, first off, remember, these are Fred's angels. I mean, we don't lose our angels when we get older. Are you kidding? They're there now. They're looking in the face of God. Now, what are they looking in the face of God for? Well, Psalm 91 said, He'll give His angels charge. He'll give His angels charge concerning you to keep you in all your ways. They'll protect you. That reminds me of um, if you go to Daniel here, and let's look at um, Daniel 6. Oh, let's see when he gets thrown into the lion's den here. Okay, Daniel is saved. Okay, verse 18. The king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him. Oh, and his sleep went from him. In other words, he was worried. Why? The king rose early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out in a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said, Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest? Notice, is your God what? continually able to deliver thee from the lions. I mean, this is our testimony today to when things go wrong in our life. Is our God, people are watching, is He big enough to get you out of trouble? Oh, yeah. 
Jesus and he'll continue to get you out. I mean, you got to understand, Darius thinks he's got to be lying soup. It's probably over with. But what does he hear back? And I'll never forget, my mother used to have Bible stories on an on a, on a album, and I'd play them over and over again. Naming the lepers. One reason I keep doing that. I've got that whole thing in my head. He goes down there, that chilly Jordan River, you know, and he comes up. But there was one in there about Daniel, too. You could hear the lions roar. So look what he says. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. What? My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth. Praise God. For as much before him, innocency was found in me. Well, Richard, you got to understand, Daniel was just, you got to realize Daniel was such a holy God. Now let me tell you, whoa, 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 whoa. Daniel's parents worshipped idols. Daniel's nation was doing horrible things and they went off to bondage under Nebuchadnezzar. Quit saying everybody is so perfect and so holy. Mm -mm. All Daniel did was just like you and I today, we're trusting in the mercy of God. Praise God. It's just good to know. You can't just... I mean... What good, we don't even need the story of Daniel and the lion's den. I already believe there's a God. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is, if you get yourself in trouble, God will get you out. Let me uh, show you this, even in the New Testament. Oh, it's not likely you're going to be faced with lions, but uh, something could come up sometime. And I want you to see this here in uh, 2 Timothy chapter, uh, chapter 3. The Apostle Paul was faced with, uh, uh, with uh, the same thing. Uh, let's see. I passed it. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, actually, excuse me, it's 4. Uh, look at this. Here we go. This is amazing. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4. And look down here at verse 18. He said, and the Lord, uh, uh, oh, uh, verse 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me, strengthening me, that by me the preaching might be fully known. Now, what he had just mentioned in verse 16 was everybody else scattered. And I'm telling you, if your friends leave you, I don't care. We have a nice, we love each other here at our church and whatever. But let me tell you something. If you can't get a hold of Bob, you can't get a hold of me. You can't get a hold of Phil. You can't get a hold of Joy, Mel, Fred, any of us. Don't think you're alone. You're not. You have got Jesus. You are okay. You're going you're gonna to blow this away. Don't worry about it. You've got angels. Listen, the angels are not so scared that they're running off. Well, they're out of here. No. Let me show you this. Back up to verse 16 just so we can get into this. Oh, there was such tremendous persecution. He said, Alexander the copper smith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. This guy was so bad in town. Really just hated Paul. He says, of whom be thou aware, for he greatly withstood our, reward, our words. At my first answer, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. In other words, all my friends. It'd be like, say this was Brother Phil. And all of us got scared. Phil's left by himself. Well, Phil would say, well, don't hold it against Richard. I mean, it was really scary out there. But Phil's holding his ground. He's holding his ground. He says, Lord, don't lay that to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. I mean, think about this. At your time of disaster, God is strengthening you. 
And that's what Isaiah says. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now don't wait on that strength to be years and years down the road. It's at the moment that you're weak. He gives power to the faint. Well, if I'm already strong in a couple of days, well, God, you're late. He gives you the power right then. Let's keep going. That by me the preaching might be fully known. And look at this. And that the Gentiles might hear. Look at this. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Wow. Well, he just got lucky. God spun the wheel and said, well, today we're going to spare you. Nope. Look at verse 18. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. Now, these words are a little bit too big for me. I'm going to put this over in my uh, Hernanda, Mississippi language. That's where mom's from. We're all from the country, no matter what we say. We've got to get these words straightened out. Let's get down here and read this again right here. Uh, Let's see. Alexander the coppersmith has done me much harm. The Lord will punish him. But be careful of him, for he fought against us everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one was here to help me. Everyone had run away. Now, you've got to keep yourself from being depressed. Don't, I'm just, I'm just... Remember, Elijah, Elijah didn't get nowhere going, I'm the only Christian around. God said, I've got 7,000 just like you. Quit whining. Okay, you got to get beyond that because that will kill your faith. He said, I hope they will not be blamed for it. Look at verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and gave me the opportunity to boldly preach a whole sermon to all the whole world to hear. And he saved me from being thrown to the lions. Hallelujah. That's in the scriptures. Praise God. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from all evil and will bring me to his heavenly kingdom. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That should be our testimony. Now, don't wait till it's over with to go, oh, boy, it happened. No, you got it. Let me share another couple things here and then we'll close. I want us to go to a book that, uh, I was talking to my mom about this the other day, and she said she read a book in the library, and it was the same book. But anyway, uh, it's the book of Esther. Let me find it. Where's the book of Psalms? I'm getting home here. Here we are. Uh, Esther right here. And I want us to go to chapter 4. And I'm in the Living Bible. Let's put this in the King James just a moment. Whoops. And its verse happens to be verse 13. I just happen to know. Let me give you a little story behind this. This is in the same time, time frame as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Israelites had been taken into bondage. Mercy. Okay. Anyway, there was a bad guy's name. His name was Haman. He wanted all the Jews killed. The Persian Empire was in effect right now. They controlled the whole world at that time. Okay, the Persian Empire did. This guy by the name of Haman, he wanted all the Jews to be killed. Because he especially hated a man by the name of Mordecai. Mordecai wouldn't bow to Haman when he come by. Haman was like second to the king. Ahasuerus, something like that. Esther wound up, she winds up, she's a Jew, she winds up being the queen. Okay? But anyway, I want you to see this. All of a sudden, the, oh, the king had decreed because he liked Haman, but he didn't know Haman's evil plan. See, because the king just married a Jewish, a beautiful Jewish girl. Her name was Esther. This, uh, this is so great because when you see the word, the name of the book Esther in the Bible, you should think God will get me out of trouble because they name a feast in this honor. 
like, you know, the Feast of Passover, the Feast of the Tabernacles. They got another feast, and it's the Feast of Being Delivered. Praise the Lord. We should get this instead of going, oh, this is the worst problem I've ever had. I don't know if God's going to get me out of it. You should know God's going to get you out. Anyway, this evil man by the name of Haman took the ring of the king and the king told him he could. He even went in there and told the king, says, oh, there, there's a group, there's a race of people that I want to eliminate. They're not good for us. And the king says, well, go, go after it. But he didn't realize that his wife was one of those, one of those no, in other words, a Jew. Because Haman didn't say it was the Jews. So anyway, so um, this guy took his ring, Haman, and sent out to 127 provinces. This went out by ships. didn't have no airplanes. It took time, and it was supposed to be on... It's interesting. It was February the 28th. All Jews everywhere were supposed to be killed. You talk about a homicide, this was going to be it. Wipe them all out. And what's funny is, this is how the power of your God to deliver you. Guess what? That command could not be reversed. This was horrible. You couldn't say, well, time out. It can't be reversed. It can't be. Now watch what happened. Mordecai is the uncle to Esther. And he told Esther went out there and said, what are you crying about? She sent him some clothes. And Mordecai said, well, we're all doomed. We're all going to get killed. And watch what... Now, where did Esther get the idea that God would deliver them? Watch what she says. Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Think not that you shall escape from the king's house more than all the Jews. Let me switch this to the Living Bible. She does, he just said, you think you're going to escape? You're going to get killed too. All right, here we go. Living Bible, and we're looking at uh, the fourth chapter, and it was verse 13. Mordecai, Mordecai's reply to Esther, Do you think you will escape there in the palace when all other Jews are killed? If you keep quiet at a time like this, God will, God will deliver the Jews from some other source. <gasps> what? Did you see that? I mean, God's going to get you protected. But here's this famous verse that we've all heard. It's called such a time as this. You were put in a certain place for a certain reason. This is where that famous verse comes from. Why we know that, but we don't believe God will get us out of trouble. And we don't believe angels will help us. Mercy. We've got to take the whole thing. He says this, but you and your relatives will die. What's more, what can you say, but God has brought you into this palace for such a time as this. Now watch what she says. She goes, okay, I'm with you, uncle. Says, and notice she says, get all the Jews to pray, and I'm going before the king. Now remember, if the king doesn't invite that woman in there by lifting up his scepter, she's toast. And she says, well, if I perish, I perish. In other words, she's going in there. She's made up her mind. Watch what she says. Verse 16, go and gather together all the Jews of Shusan and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my maids will do the same. Then, though it is strictly forbidden... I will go to see the king, and if I perish, I perish. She said, I'm going in there. Why did she think she could go in there to begin with? Why did she say she was going to risk her life? Because she knew what Mordecai, her uncle, said, you know, if you don't go, God's going to deliver us some way or another. And she also knew the order was permanent. You can't reverse it. Now, I'm only going to share one more scripture, but I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. This next verse because if you remember the story, this is in the sixth chapters, verse 13. Oh. Haman, oh. Oh. Things started to turn around, and Haman couldn't believe it. Oh. Mordecai had prevented an assassination. 
And the king one night was reading the newspaper. Now he got out the archives and he said, hey, my life was spared by a guy by the name of Mordecai. So Haman comes in and Haman thinks, oh, he's going to give me these great honors. And the king says, what would you give somebody that did something great around here? Like say, kept me from being assassinated. And Haman said, oh, I'd put him out on the royal horse and dress him with robes because see, Haman thought it was going to be him. And anyway, the king says, well, go get Mordecai and do that for him. Put robes on him and, put the, and take him out on my horse and, dra- and drag him through town and tell everybody to bow the knee. Oh, it just made Haman sick to his stomach. But where was all the honors given to? To Mordecai. What's so special about Mordecai? Watch this. Afterwards, Mordecai returned to his job, but Haman hurried home utterly humiliated. When Haman told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends what happened, they said, if Mordecai is a Jew, and you can say if you're a Christian, because it's the same thing. If you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Watch what he says. You will never succeed in your plans against him. To continue to oppose him will be fatal. I tell you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. You are going to be all How many are still living today? We are. We're alive, right? You made it this far. You're going to be all right. God is going to protect you. He really will. This is such a wonderful story. Let me tell you, Esther, as you can see here, it's only 10 chapters. It's real short. Take it in your living Bible. Read it in the King James if you want to. You may get stuck on a few words. Get you a newer translation. It'll amaze you. And then when you're done reading it, ask the question, why was this in my Bible? But anyway, the very end of this uh, book, they celebrate. Oh, I need to tell you this. Okay. The king's order could not be changed. It was too late. All Jews had to be killed. So Mordecai, after they hung Haman, the bad guy, because the Queen Esther had went in there and said, guess what? Haman ordered all of us killed. Oh, it just, it just infuriated the king. And he got his men together, and Mordecai, because Mordecai was on the staff and said, now how can we outsmart this law? And you know what they did? They said, okay, let's send out. And Mordecai got to write it. He said, tell the Jews everywhere on February 28th to draw their swords and prepare for battle. Anybody that tries to kill them, the Jews may attack back. And so they made that law because you couldn't change the other law. The other law was you had to kill all the Jews. Well, now they made a law saying, Jews, you can defend yourselves, you know, and fight back. And I'm telling you what, the Jews put a whooping on them. And the wonderful thing about it was the Jews, when the Jews beat their enemies, they didn't take their property. They just protected their own. They could have taken their property because the, the, the previous law was kill the Jews, take their property. But the Jews were allowed to fight back, but the Jews were such godly people, they didn't take the property. And it was, it, praise God, no weapon formed against you prosper. One last scripture, just to sew this all up. And it's just no wonder you can just see that there's angels right there in Kent about you. Psalm 34, I, I, it doesn't matter how many times we mention it, we, we, we just want to get it. I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will constantly speak of His glories and grace. Now, he's not saying, well, I guess things are wrong. You know, I just, you just take the bad with the good. No, keep reading. I will boast of His kindness to me. Let all who are discouraged. Do you feel discouraged today? You know, something's going wrong, whatever. What does he say to do? Take heart. 
Let's praise the Lord together and exalt the Rich, I don't have time to pick up my guitar and sing. I mean, man, I, I am toast. Well, well keep reading, keep reading. Because this, this is going to help you. What? Others too. No. For I cried to him and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Hey, let me get my guitar. This sounded good. Yeah. Have you got fears today? You got troubles, whatever they are? Don't think God doesn't know about them. He does. He wants to get you out. I mean, Daniel was in the lion's den. He didn't have much time. Lord, we got to have some help right now. You got to have some help right now. Psalm 118, David says, send prosperity now. He didn't say, well, I'll just be patient. What's we, we hear in our American theology of Jesus, it's ridiculous. It's like there's no miracles. Don't expect Jesus to show up. Remember, God only helps those that help themselves. Oh, mercy. I'm not believing any of that. Verse 5, others too were radiant at what he did for them. There was no downcast look of rejection. This poor man, remember, David's a king. This poor man cried to the Lord, and the Lord heard him. Here it is again. Saved him out of all his troubles. You need to be looking at your worst trouble. you got really all of them. And you should be watching it melt away. Just like, see this candle? <laughs> I know it's leaked out on this table, but it's just... Your troubles are going to go away. They're going to, you're going to be fine. And <laughs> table's not going to catch on fire either. Watch this. Verse 7, here it is. For the angel of the Lord guards and rescues all that reverence him. That just means loves him. Well, nobody's perfect. We've all made mistakes. Oh, put God to the test and see how... What? Yeah, God wants you to watch him do this for you. See for yourselves the way his mercy showered down on all those who trust in him. Verse 9, if you belong to him... Remember, this is Psalm 34. If you belong to the Lord and reverence him, everyone who does this has everything he needs. Even the young lions sometimes go hungry and those... But those that reverence the Lord will never lack any good thing. Sons and daughters, come to me and listen. Oh, I'll teach you the importance of, of trusting and fearing God. Let me skip down just a little bit. One last verse right here toward the bottom. Look at verse 17. The Lord hears the good man. The, look at this. The Lord hears the good man when he calls to him for help and saves him out of all his troubles. Praise God. I mean, God will get you out of trouble. He really will. I mean, the Bible refers to the angels as the armies of God. The book of Revelation, chapter 12, says that the devil and his angels fought against Michael and the armies of heaven. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You've got angels in Canterbury. They're there to help you today. Father, we thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. Hallelujah. Anything going wrong in our bodies, you'll fix it for us. We just thank you for it. So we can sleep good at night not worrying about that. Same thing's true financially. No matter what we're faced with, you will get us out of financial trouble. And if we're faced with any other trouble that might be bothering us today, no matter what it is, oh Lord, you'll get us out. And we just thank you for it. That didn't leave anything left but for us to tell others how great you are, Jesus. And that's what we're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory.